This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now, unbelievably so, is Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen. The three of us are back together. This is great. We might also have one more. We're hoping to have someone else join us. We'll see if that happens. But in the meantime, guys, we're all back together. It's great to have the three of us back together doing a show of Cottage Talk. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 1-0 victory against Luton Town. Let's not waste any time. Let's just get right to it. Giannis, I'm going to go to you. Give me your opening thoughts, and welcome back, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh, opening thoughts. Good God, that was dreadful. I, I, I reckon, uh, I, I actually reckon that Ross Edwards gave his squad some Zopper clone before the game because they were all asleep. It was just a doze. Like, why bother showing up if you're going to play like that? It was, it was a shame. I, every team that gets promoted from the championship is a good team. No matter what, they don't have they have star names or what. But for them to set up the way they did yesterday, yeah, they had a couple of chances, but it was gruesome. And I'm not happy with the Luton fans either, because we had the minute silence for you know Mal fired and they were singing. I mean, really, the, the you what are you thinking? Disrespect. So um, it was actually it's a good win. I think a good win because it, teams like that are difficult to play, and we found them we found it difficult to break them down. But we took the three points and uh, bring on the Eagles. Absolutely, Giannis, and I'll say it one more time. It's great having you back. Max, over to you. I'm glad that Giannis brought this up. Before we get to your opening thoughts, let's talk a little bit about the tribute to Mohamed Al-Fayed, which I think it was wonderfully done. Your thoughts on Mohamed Al-Fayed and, and the tribute that Fulham did before the match began. Yeah, he's a club legend. Um, when I lived over there, he was, of course, uh, the chairman and what he did for Fulham Football Club, bringing us from a lower division club to one of the stalwarts in the Premier League in that 2000s era was just amazing. And, you know, you see, you know, we have still have countless chants referencing Alfie's name well after he stopped being our owner. And that says all you need to know about just the Fulham fans and the relationship they have with him. So, you know, I do think you can quibble a little bit about the end of his tenure at Fulham and whether he yes. stopped investing and whether that led to some of our issues in kind of the mid-2010s. But 
nothing can take away from the investment he put in the majority of his time as owner and he's beloved. And it was great to see the club recognize that. Absolutely. I, I thought that was uh, very well done. I'm glad that Giannis brought up the situation with uh, the Luton town supporters, uh, which, you know, I, I don't want to say anything else about that, but I'm glad that I thought Fulham did a very nice job on that. Max, right back to you. Give me your opening thoughts on this. I'll just share mine real quick before I go back to you that uh, a win's a win. That's the way I look at it. That's I, I said, good teams find ways to win. But we're going to talk about coming up how difficult Fulham have breaking down teams like this. We'll, we'll get to that in just a bit, but just give me your opening thoughts on the victory. Yeah, I mean, most possession we've ever had in the Premier League and two shots on target. And that says it all really to me about the attacking performance was that we had so much good possession in good areas with no end product. Now, that was partially down to the way Luton played. As Giannis mentioned, they were so deep, so defensive, so negative. That's on them. You know, we just have to try to break that down. And in the end of the day, we got the win, right? It wasn't pretty. This is probably the worst team in the league. And we beat him in a 1-0 scrappy home match. So, you know, are there any points for uh, – we've talked about this a lot, Fulham. No you know, style points. points. For style. No, no points for style. You know, it's, just, it's the same three points that we beat him 5-0. But, you know – we can separate the individual match versus bigger issues we have going forward about the attacking, you know, style of this team. But I'm just happy we won, Russ, because, you know, we're actually decently in the table right now. We've beaten the two worst teams in the league, in my opinion, in Everton and Luton. And that's what Fulham has to do this year is beat the teams below us. And that's what we've done very well last season. And we have a salt. I think we have a solid base for that so far. Totally agree. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on what Max just shared because I was thinking about this during the match. I was talking to another Fulham supporter about this subject matter. Fulham last season beat the teams that they needed to beat, and that was really how they got to where they were last season. They're doing it again, and I think that's important. And, oh, by the way, they got an extra point against Arsenal, which I think helps. They're still doing all of that, and that to me is key to not just survival because I don't want them just to survive, but I think they are taking care of business regardless of how it looked, Giannis. They've now done this against Everton, team that we think will be at the bottom, and, of course, Lutentown. They need to win these matches. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we took care of business last year. I mean, it was it was a, a spotty performance against Everton at Goodison Park. Then yesterday, we just we didn't move the ball quick enough in the first half. Um, you know, they, they, there was that early chance for Chong, well, it wasn't much of a chance, but it was a really good run by him. And yep. credit to Pereira for closing him down. You know, so the shot just went near post on Leno. Um, but we just looked a little, a little slow. And it's not like they have bad players. They've got, they do have dangerous players. That's why I'm even thinking day after the game, you got players, you know, like Nakamba and, and, and Bell, and, and I like, I think Chong's a decent player, and I actually yeah. like, I like Carlton Morris as a striker. But they're just, um, you know, they're going to get relegated because they're going to have to win a few games away from home. It's not just going to be their home form. And I can't see them winning away from home. And part of that is through the negative tactics. So we needed to be a little bit quicker moving the ball. But it's funny because as soon as the, the double substitution began, you suddenly had the Brazilian mafia working. You'd had Vinicius yes. and you had William and you had Pereira. And they were the key link-ups to the goal. And it was almost like it was, um, it was almost like a silent call to Silver saying, "Look, um, we're starting Jimenez. He's working hard, but it's not working." Vinicius comes on, and he's Johnny on the spot. 
So um, food for thought for Silva, because we've all been mystified as to why Vinicius hasn't been starting. Jimenez is, is working very hard, but he hasn't scored. So a, thing, a few things for the coaching staff to ponder because we've got more winnable games coming up Palace than Chelsea. Shouldn't frighten us. So um, it's interesting. And I don't think we've really got going yet, Russ. We, you know, we're no. nice, but, you know, there's a few players, Max, I'm sure you'll look at and say, they've not really, you know, woke up like, like Harry Wilson's one that's thrown. William, William hasn't really. William no, hasn't. William hasn't either. Why do we look a little tepid? So um, it's early in the season and, you know, the, you know, lots of games to go, but we've still got a lot of work to do. Okay, excellent. That's going to lead me to talk about turning point of the match. And we're going to talk about how Fulham coming up next struggle against the 3-5-2 formation, which I think is consistent back going into the championship with Silva. But Max, I'm going to share what I think is the turning point of the match. And I want to see if you agree or disagree and share yours. But I think uh, Giannis just mentioned it. I think it was the double substitution in the second half when you had Carlos Vinicius and Alex Awobi coming on, and then all of a sudden they were able to get some more room. Maybe it was later in the game, gaps started to show up a little bit more. But I think that substitution, that double substitution, was the turning point of the match. That's mine. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. That's the goal scorer coming on right there. And Awobi was such a, just a live wire. I loved his energy, and that's something Everton fans said to us a lot, I feel, in Twitter, was that you're going to love the way this guy buzzes around the pitch. He might not have the end product that we're looking for, and we might have seen that you know, when he skied over that shot, but he's someone who does everything perfectly, maybe up until the final third, which is something Silva can work on, and I'm, I'm optimistic about. I really like that signing, and you're right, he changed the match, and I agree with Giannis 100%. Carlos Vinicius should, should be the starting striker now. I mean, he's the one scoring goals. And he won this match. And, you know, we've, we've heard that Silva's happy with the three strikers and that has upset some fans who, you know, want a big money, big name replacement for Mitro. You know, I've always been of the mind that I don't love the options we have now. But at some point, you know, myself and other Fulham fans have to accept that Vinicius has a really good scoring record recently. He does. And are he we being too does. harsh on him? And that's a conversation I want to have later on maybe is, are we being too harsh on Vinicius? Because he doesn't have the look of a Mitro. And he's maybe not the polished final product, but he he can score goals in the Premier League. And I need to you know realign my my, my prior understandings about him because he's 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 a match winner, and that's what okay. he did yesterday. And I agree with that, Max. And I'm gonna go right back to you before I go to Giannis because I want to talk about this because in the turning point, it's definitely Vinicius coming on in Awobi. But talking about Vinicius, and I was talking to another phone supporter about this. I really want. Raul Jimenez to succeed. Let's just say it what it is. But does his style match up with Marco's style? And I'm not sure about that right now. I'm thinking that Vinicius, who is not Mitro, but can fill Mitro's role, meaning he can hold up the ball. He's a target man. And his scoring rate has improved the more he's played, Max. So for me, I say you go with Vinicius, but this is nothing against... Jimenez, I don't know if it's the right fit. I, it's not it's the right fit or not, in my opinion. He's, he's not scoring. <laughs> you, you, you can't have a goal drought striker. There's a reason Wolves let him go. I really like Jimenez. Don't get me wrong. I think he does a lot in other parts of the pitch. Yes, but, he does. But I, I think it's time to see what Vinicius can do for a full 90 or starting 
you know, he might not play the whole match, but starting in the first 11, give him the chance, you know, against Palace. Let's see. Okay. Giannis, your thoughts, and do you agree with Max and I talking about the turning point of the match being the double substitution? But what are your thoughts about the striker situation? We might as well talk about it right now. Yeah, I mean, I thought Harrison Reed was a little unlucky to be subbed. I think, I mean, we had to make the changes, and and we didn't yep. have Lukic yesterday. And of course, I mean, he'll be back against Palace. The thing with um, Jimenez, I think that Jimenez will start against Palace um, because I think what Marco might now do is utilize him as a sub against Palace and use him against Norwich in the Carabao Boo Boo Cup because. Um, the thing, the thing with him, man, is he, Max is right. He's not scoring, but man, is he working? I mean, oh, he's working hard. Life. He's putting yeah. a shift and a half in, and I think we all want, really want him to do well. We really want him to succeed with everything he's gone through. But Vinicius has proved proved a point. I mean, he's on a few minutes. He scores. Um, I think he caused some damage to the hoardings on the side. <laughs> he smashed with his foot. <laughs> I saw a huge dent there. But um, you know, all all Vinicius can do is just. Just keep scoring. I think that next Saturday may be the last chancelling for Jimenez. And um, um, I sense he's a confidence player. And I think since his injury, that's probably been even more so. I didn't think he had a bad game yesterday. I don't think his wide players are helping him. Um, And and that's part of the problem. But he's had to drop further and further back to pick the ball up. But you notice when Vinicius came on, his his, his hold-up ability is outstanding. It is. And, that, and it sort of stuck out straight away. So I think Marco's going to, I don't think he's going to suddenly, I can't see him dropping him in as for Saturday, but I do see him not being, not starting against Norwich. And, and I think that's going to be the in for Vinicius. He has a good game, then he plays against Chelsea. Okay. Um, and does it gradually. He just, you could even see his body language, um, him in as when he came on. He's, you can tell he's a, he's he's giving it everything. He's, he's a, he desperately desperately needs a goal, not for Mexico. <laughs> no, I agree. Mexico, but he needs a goal, and you could see his, his confidence is, you know, it, it's a huge thing if he scores, and I hope he gets it. It's just a matter of when. Well, what's interesting about this, and I know we're focusing on those two. I actually want to bring to the table Rodrigo Muniz because I thought he played very well against Tottenham. Could he play against Norwich, Giannis? Um. I think he'll be in the squad, but I think he's got a choice between the two now and, and Munoz is, is um, plan C. We're going to get injuries. I mean, it's it's going to start getting cold soon. It was, it was warm yesterday, but it'll start getting cold. And Munoz um, seems energised. His, his his loan spell at Middlesbrough wasn't didn't exactly set the world alight, but it sounds like he's been training very hard. And that's the other thing. Him and what happens in, in training? Is Vinicius giving it absolutely everything, or is Jimenez doing it? As, you know, Silva's a fairly—he's not like Parker. You know, if he, if uh, Afrin Caballero showed up on one leg, he'd still start him ahead of Mitro. Um, I think the training piece is important, but at some point, your training is one thing, but you've got to put it—you know—the goods together on the pitch. And I think um, uh, Munoz has been pretty patient. I think he's probably very happy. He's part of the twenty-five man squad. He's going to get chances, maybe just not yet. Um, and we're only a, a kick away from injuries, right? Look at yesterday. Right. I mean, we, we didn't have any, no Robbo, um, no Lukic, no Traore. Uh, and the international break is a disaster for most teams, especially one like ours because we've got so many people away. Um, 
but I think it'll resolve itself. But uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Okay, excellent, great start to the show, guys. Let's now talk about an issue that I think continues to happen happen in the championship. When Fulham play against three at the back, they really struggle. Giannis, I'll give you first crack at this, and I'll go to Max. And I was talking again to a Fulham supporter about this. There are a couple solutions to this. One is to move the ball quicker in Fulham. We're very conservative, especially in the first half, moving the ball around. It actually reminded me a little bit under Parker. I hate to go there, but it did. And then it's trying to get balls into the channels over the top. And they tried that a little bit in the second half. Tim Ream tried it, but it didn't come off. They need to find a solution to this, Giannis. I think I think it will bus stop United play three five two, um, <laughs> and we've had a lot of problems with them. I I, I think we maybe need to um, tweak tweak the formation a little bit. Um, but at the very least, if Marco doesn't want to do it, he's got to move the ball quicker. You've got to try and bypass that that midfield five, and especially in the first half, it was it was um, it was plodding. Yeah, it was plodding, and and, and it's got to be qu- it's got to be quicker. Um, at the times when I thought Luton looked very, very comfortable out of position, they didn't care. They didn't care if they st- didn't touch the ball for 10 minutes. The shape was very good. Um, the problem was we were just, you know, and do, with all respect to Timmy and, uh, and um, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm having, I'm, I'm having a, a genetics moment. Uh, um, uh, Diop, it was too slow. And uh, we did miss Robinson for that reason on the left. I thought, I thought Castagne played well, but nonetheless, um, yeah, we've got to move it quicker. Max, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the point you made about moving the ball, that was like, that's that's just so, we've talked about this for ages with Fulham, right? Um, when a team just kind of sits in a low block, we do struggle to break it down. And then I look at the, the, the current squad, and I think it's your point about the wingers, Giannis. Yeah. They're not helping out. Like Wilson and, and Willian, I haven't been inspired by either of them this season. And I know Willian let, had the assist for the goal, so credit to him. But for being honest, that was a bit of a gift. It wasn't a very good cross, and the keeper put it on a plate. But anyway, yep. you know, I'm watching Solomon play for Spurs. Yep. And he's someone with that dynamite turn of pace, can get a head up, beat a man, play a one-two. With us, yesterday, everything was in front of Luden, and it didn't have the spark. And that's why I like the Wobi coming on because he's a player like Solomon who has a spark to him. But in this current Fulham squad, everything's just a bit pedestrian. And that's what concerns me going forward a bit is that when you play at home against a team like Luton, we struggle. Better teams, I think, will struggle more. We don't have an X factor. And and we lost that with Mitrovic. Whatever you think of him, he had that X factor to make something happen. I'm not seeing a lot of, you know, playmakers in this moment of time in Fulham. Well, I'm going to throw one to the table. And we haven't seen enough of him, but Alex Iwobi, I think, could be that player, Max. Yeah. I think Alex Iwobi, not as just physical, but I think he is a playmaker. I think that's one of the reasons why Marco wanted him so much. A wild card that wasn't available either, Giannis, was Adama Traore. Now, I think Adama Traore could have been a good fit in this match. Yes, big time. Big time. I mean, he's, he's lightning, 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 lightning quick. Uh, remember, he could have won us the game against Arsenal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's a good thing that, you know, Robbo was out, Castagna slots in. When I see Bobby Dekadovary come off the bench, it almost feels like a safety blanket. Yeah. It's good. I feel comfortable when he, I see him come on the pitch because you think, okay, look, things are going to be better. That's how much we maybe undervalue how good a player is, how important he is to this club. 
Um, but yeah, we were missing players, but they were too. I mean, to be fair, they had the injuries. And Edwards made the decision to, to put Adebayo on the, on the bench, which I thought was a little bit harsh. I think he worked hard. He's, he's in the same boat as Jimenez. He just thought Carlton Morris would be a better fit in that formation against us. Um, I think you use your best players nonetheless, but we just, um, you know, maybe look at, we've got to look at the game tape and, and see if we can find ways, tweak the formation a little bit. When we have all our players available, yep. what is our strongest lineup? I don't think anyone can tell us right now. No, it's a good point, Giannis. I think you already made a, a point about, you're not, it sounds like you're not sold yet on Castagna. But I think he filled in – well, he's not a natural left back. He's more right. of a right back, but he can play the role. What did you make of his play? And I don't think there was a huge drop-off to you. No, I thought he played well because he's a, he's, he's instinctively right-sided. I thought he did a good job. Uh, I, and, and actually, it gives food for thought now for Marco in terms of using him in other areas. He's another BDR. He's very, uh, exactly. he's very adaptable, and that's, and that's what you need. Um, we missed Robert, but Kastani did a good enough job, um, and that was fine. Um, it's his first game. I think that was his, was that his first league game season. I think he's played for Belgium this year. Yeah, it was his first league game of the season. Played so, in City, no? Didn't he come uh, off the bench? Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Got yeah. full game. Yeah, full but game. he started because he didn't. He didn't start for Leicester. So it was. It, it was okay. Um, it will be. You know, he was. He was lively, which is which is good. Um, there is something mess. I'm trying to put the finger in it. I'm not necessarily sure it's up front, but although I do think the wide players need to play better, they need to play. I agree. Better. It, it's uh, Harry Wilson's so freaking streaky, and William. Somebody made a, a point on X yesterday saying, uh, until he set up the goal, William looks as he is, 35. That's um, a great point, Giannis. I totally agree with that because. I thought that he did not play well, and someone brought up to me today that I kept mentioning, well, he's set up the goal, right? But how about all the time before that? You can't just give it to him because he set up the goal. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, I think he was, he, was, um, he was nullified by that right back who did a good job on him and yep. um, really didn't. Uh, mind you, he clocked him. He cracked into him the first five minutes just to send a message. Um, and um, if you remember, if you remember the, the break, Chong's break where Pereira drops, it's really funny because William had made the mistake in the first place uh, in their half. And then he came trying to sprint back and then halfway through realized, oh, bollocks, I'm not going to catch up. I'm going to let Pereira do it. Um, he's not 26 anymore. He's not a you know, Chelsea player at his, his peak. Um, so I, he's going to have to keep an eye on it because we've, we've got a year. Is it a year with a club option of a year? Um, yep. Yeah, this is this will be interesting. Uh, see what happens. Maybe it's just taking time to get warmed up. But uh, a wide playing play early on the season hasn't exactly been inspiring. It has not. And Max, over to you. When we talk about the starting eleven, I'm glad that we're talking about. I think we could talk about these three players being very not jacks of all trade, but they can play several positions. We're talking about Castagna, the fact that he can step in. Bobby Decadovery can play anywhere. Alex Awobi can play that way too. I think having that flexibility will help. What are your thoughts and also your thoughts on the starting 11? Yeah, I think those are all good points about the flexibility. Um, 
Castagna obviously was a big one in the starting 11, making, as Giannis mentioned, his first start for us. That is a sign of the summer business coming coming true. Because if we didn't sign Castagna, I mean, who's playing backup left back? Oh. I, I honestly don't know. Reed, maybe. maybe Reed. Take it over Reed. Maybe. <laughs> which, which would have been shocking. Um, yeah. Oh, it was. He, well, right Bellatore was there. Bellatore was yeah, that's actually fair. on the bench. That's fair. Um, but. You know, you know, we even signed him. I mean, we got players in depth, and that's what I think has been missing a little bit from the transfer uh, rhetoric is that everyone kind of focused on Mitro leaving and Paulino almost leaving and us not strengthening as much, which is fair, but... Not enough quality, Max. No, I'm sorry. Not enough good players, but not Paulino-level players. That's what they needed to do in this window. That's what has uh, upset me, is that they got good quality players. But is anyone that they brought in of the level of Paulino? No. I'm not sure. Maybe no. it will be maybe no. if he can really elevate, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There are no world-class players. No, we signed, but no. what, what Silva did say is happy with the squad and we got I know. better players in depth. So it's, 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 it is a weird position to be in. I get it, Russ. It's like, we haven't gotten anyone amazing. We've also gotten more good to average players to fill right. the squad. Right. You know, for instance, Krizawa was the backup left back oh. last huh. time. That was a joke. So, <laughs> Yes, we've strengthened in that department, but you're right. Other other areas are lacking. But we've not gone to here. We've stayed here. We've stayed you're the right. same. You're right. And, and and this, I think I agree with you. This window was an opportunity to really cement ourselves as a top half of the table team. We haven't done that. I agree. They have not done that. And that's what's upset me, guys, is that we haven't talked since. And I am still very upset about this window. It is a huge missed opportunity for me because they have that opportunity to take Fulham to the next level. They have all the issues going on with Mitro, with, of course, Paulinha. But you have this money from Mitro that you could say you spent already on some other players, but they really didn't invest a lot more than that. If you look at the money that went out, they really didn't do what I was thinking that they were going to do. That's the part that bothers me. Where are the world-class players that they could have brought in? I know some they were going after they couldn't get. There was one player for AC Milan right now that they wanted. They couldn't get him in Yunus Musa. But they should have been other targets of that level, Max. That's what is upsetting me. Nice players that they brought in. Have they made Fulham better? My answer is no. They've stayed the same. Oh, I, I don't know if I agree with the, the last part, per se, because I do think someone like Castagna did make Fulham better. But they're not, being as, they're not improving the quality to a Paulinia level which we have to, we have to, I think mean, that's where I'm going on. When we signed Paulinho, getting better like the other now. summer. I mean, that was a huge coup. We never should have been able to sign a player like that coming mm -hmm. up promoted first season of the Prem. We overperformed massively in the transfer business with that. And I think that, you know, we can't really, I don't know if we can't expect, but it's unlikely we're going to make signings of that level consistently just because of how good Paulinho is and how, you know, we're not a Champions League club. So I don't know. We can't always expect to making Paulinho level signings each window can we or, or is that or is that not ambitious enough do you think well no but or what you could do is say uh, look at players that you say okay you know they're going to be big signings and you spend the money i mean i mean what would can you imagine what Fulham fans would think if the unthinkable happened and um in the january window we decided to put in a bid for tony i mean w i mean that would send a, a very <laughs> sharp wouldn't it i that'd be like Holy cow! They mean business. Or um, someone like I'd love to have Ebreche Eze, Eze here. So right, let's bid a, put a big bid in Palace. Let's see 
see if we can get him. It's it's almost like um, I see Max what you're saying because it's like it feels like, um, but it's fillers. It does make the team better um, holistically, but you've got no player. You've got to have the players that are going to go. Oh shit, we're going to we're going to have to watch out. They right. That's the focal point. Someone like a Tony is a focal point. You're not or someone right like on Eze, that level. Yeah. I don't want Tony, but level. I understand where you're going, Giannis. Yeah. Oh, I take Tony in a, in a nanosecond. Okay. I take him in a nano because he he does everything. He scores goals. He gets penalties. He's a he's a stirrer. Um, makes bets. He, he, oh, he makes bets. Hey, <laughs> mind you, I've got to give them credit because Mwemo and Visa they've they've not and Shada okay. they've not missed a beat. They okay. really haven't. So, and that's why he's now sellable. So. We should see. We shall see. We shall see. But we do need a wow factor. I think that's what it is. We don't have a wow factor, guys. We don't have anyone that's going to scare teams. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's the best way to put it, Giannis. Is is the wow factor, um, and and that's 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 what wins matches in the Premier League against teams who are mm-hmm. equal or better to you. And I think what we're going to see this season is we're going to beat the teams worse than us and might struggle to beat the teams better than us, which is fine. I mean, if you stay in the league, that's I think that's still a success, but it's not going to make us seventh or eighth or what maybe what we wanted. Yeah, we need to learn from Brighton. Look at the way what Brighton have done in, in terms of uh, really starting from a similar position where they didn't even have a ground. They were playing in Gillingham. And they've just, what they're doing right now is, is um, it's not just Deserver, who's done a brilliant job. The whole club, the, starting from the owner, and they've all bought in. It, it's just, it's an amazing club. It's the envy, it should be the envy of the world, what they've done there at uh, the Amex. And, um, we could get there, but we have to be more ambitious. And we needed a football director who's much more hands-on in terms of the direction of the club and not consolidate that we're going to be 10th, 11th, 12th, which is great. But we have, you know, even this year, it's not the strongest division. And we're above United and Chelsea. I know it's early, but, you know, there's potential. But we need to invest in players and get them in. And we need a wow factor. And it's not Floyd Aite either. Okay, guys, let's go quickly to first half analysis. Giannis, over to you. I want to talk about the opportunities from Luton Town and uh, why Fulham seemed to be more wide open here on the break. I think we were a little bit confused. I think we just tried to push it a little bit far. I mean, that the Chong effort earlier, where Pereira deserves a lot of credit for tracking back. Ch- Chong, <laughs> Chong's a funny player. So left-footed. And if he did actually decided to do the smart thing and cut inside to Pereira's left in the break, he might have had a much better scoring chance, but he insisted in scoring with his left. They do have speed on the break. We're not the quickest, we're not the quickest defensively anyway. Um, it's not like they didn't cha- create chances. But again, I didn't really ever think they were going to score. They just set up a camp, didn't they, really? It was um, the only way they were going to get a point as if they were going to nick it, right? Or get, create a chance out of nothing. And then I don't know if you, did you guys see the the presser with uh, Russ Edwards afterwards? Yes. Oh, Jesus. They were the better side. They had the better chances. Like, come on. Like, they set up stall. They're playing at Fulham, not at City, for crying out loud. And um, sure. they, did, they, they did have a few chances, but really... You know, their formation was all wrong. When they made the four subs, that changed the way they played. And I thought they played pretty well after that. They gave us a few problems. But uh, 
if your philosophy is to put 11 men behind the ball, you're not going to get many points. Okay. We're going to talk about some of his comments in regards to an issue in the second half coming up. But over to you, Max, your thoughts on the first half just in general. Well, initial impressions uh, I was looking for was Paulinha. His first match back since everything that happened. And I was very impressed by his performance. And it showed from right from the start, he was the same old Paulinha. And that's what I love about him is nothing changed. All the chatter on, on social media and speculation about whether he would you know, fight for the badge and have the same intensity. That was very quickly uh, resolved, which I really appreciated to see. So that was what I was looking out for mainly. You know, I mean, they should have scored. Let's be honest, that free header um, when Diop and Reem just kind of went sleeping, which has happened a fair few times this season, more than we'd like to admit. I'll be honest, the defense has not been where it was last season. But anyway, Luton should have been in front. And yes, we had a, a bunch of half chances, you know? I mean, let's remember the only other shot on target we had other than the goal was that kind of weak free kick from Wilson that went right into the keeper's arms. So again, uninspiring in terms of the possession. We had it in a bunch of good areas, never actually really threatened the keeper. And Luton looked far more dangerous than we did on the break. Okay. The one thing I want to talk about with you, Max, because you brought up Paulina, and I think he showed why he's so valuable, the form, why it's, for him, they don't try to hold on to him until the summer. He saved for him at least, I want to say, two or three times in that first half. If he doesn't make those tackles, they might give up a goal. I think that's where you really saw his value, Max. I know we're talking about his passion for the team, but I think he showed it on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's those telescopically long legs and the perfectly timed slide tackles, which just endear him uh, to the Fulham fan base. Anytime there's a danger, you can expect him to be in the right place at the right time and just snuff it out. And <clears throat> good, good call, Russ. Like that was superb by him to protect the back line. Yeah. Giannis, when I look at Paulinha, and this is why I was so nervous at the end of the window because I'm thinking no one can do what he does. Talk about these saving tackles he made in the first half. He could have got a yellow. Um, there was one challenge. <laughs> should have. Yeah, it was pretty actually. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Um, but he's just—he's just an absolute utter tackle machine. And I—it's funny. Um, I was pondering last night what difference Lukic would have made had he played yesterday. Lukic had a very good start of the season. What would have been the setup for the? You know, would Pereira possibly have been dropped? Not sure because Lukic. Lucas and Paulinho look like they've got a very good understanding, but his just um, his sense of his sense of smell of danger is, is is absolutely brilliant. And the one thing that we're set up, the way that we're set up is is to beat us. You've got to get through our midfield, and you've got bunches. You know, you've got a lion in um, Paulinho, you've got a tiger in Reed, you've got a jackal in in in, in Lukic. You know, Pereira is actually pretty good defensively. He will close you down. You know we've got we've got a lot of talent there, uh, but we, you know, Pelinia. Uh, I know there's better taste in the mouth, and you know, Pelinia's brother. But I mean, to be fair to him, he gets the call from a perennial Bundesliga champions. They've won Champions Leagues, Bayern Munich, one of the greatest clubs in the world. Whose head wouldn't be turned? I mean, let's let's be honest. Um. But he was very, very professional. And he came back and he put in a really big shift yesterday. And that's what we need. We need him 
for the next four months if he's going to stay. And by Fulham signing that fifth-year option, which was big, it yep. means he becomes more expensive in the transfer window if Bayern Munich really need him for that Champions League run-in. And we're going to be looking at the 18, 90 million. Now, the alternatives, of course, Max is probably, probably as annoyed as I in terms of some of the alternatives. But if we lost him, and we're talking about, you know, Scott McFricking Tomine, like, like, please no. That's not the right alternative. I'm sorry. It's not. I, it's not. Hoybier, no. No, absolutely not. No. Absolutely I, not. But what I think you can do, and it is interesting, if you lose Polinia, I yep. think you don't necessarily need to go like for like. I think you possibly looking at Kearney's age, possibly what you do as a club is you say, okay, can, do we have somebody that can play in the eight where with a, a really, really, you know, high level player that can like a really top notch player. That's the sort of player we can buy with the money we'll get for Polinia. So it doesn't have to be a like for like, because I think Lukich was a very, very smart player. It's, so that gives us a little bit of flexibility in terms of the players we can bring in. But at the least, he'll be there till January and hopefully to the end of the season. And then we'll get a really good player in. You know, that's, uh, that's what the money's for. Hopefully, we'll spend it. Although, um, we desperately need a, a director of football, someone who's going to give us the direction that... So that fingers on the pulse, not this last-minute nonsense that we, no. we seem to have. Giannis, I will give Tony his due when he has done a good job. He's done a good job but I'll also criticize when he deserves it. I'm going to criticize right now. I think the way this window was handled was, again, a tremendous missed opportunity. Fulham need a director of football that's 24-7 and at Motspur Park. Sorry, yes. I'm going to say it right now. I'm done. I am done. I will give him credit where he deserves it. He deserves a lot of criticism for this window. Just going to say it right now. I'm very disappointed by this window. So that's where I'm going on that. Before we move on and talk about the second half, I do have an interesting question here, guys. We talked a little bit about the wingers, and Chaz Pierce actually wants us to talk a little bit about Wilson. Max, I want to get your thoughts. Wilson disappointed for a while. Championship player for me now. Now, I don't see it that way. I just see it as what Giannis said earlier. He goes missing in a lot of matches, and then he'll just come up, and he's just very inconsistent. Would that be the best way to describe Harry Wilson? perfect way to describe him he's anonymous sometimes and the fact of the matter is he shouldn't be a starting Premier league winger yeah you know it's and it's, uh, it's i'm just gonna go i'm back I, I did a rust oh wow did you hear what i said yes no yeah. no uh, i don't think i did what did you say yeah that, that he should you know maybe shouldn't shouldn't be in the lineup it's funny because some would argue those who are as old as i would say that Harry Wilson has been play has okay. been playing like Harold Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> the old British Prime Minister. It's, it's, right. Because when he's brilliant, he's dynamite. But but there's the consistency piece, and that's and that's to be a Premier League player, you have to be consistent. Look at Dan James. Dan James. Right. Dan James can't didn't start for Leeds today. Dan James didn't start for Leeds at Millwall, right? You know, you've got to have that consistency. And, um, well, he likes Wilson, but you, you've got players like Castagna and, and um, Adama Traore. You've got players who will be knocking a little. Bobby Dacadori will always give you a shift. That's Wilson right. Wilson has to produce the goods. If he doesn't produce the goods, he deserves to sit his ass on the bench. You should have your strongest 11 available based on form and based on what they're doing in practice. 
And Wilson has got off to a slow start, and I'm sure even he'd admit that. Okay. All right, guys, let's transition. Let's talk about halftime thoughts. Now, it's nil-nil. Max, what do you think and Fulham need to do for the second half when you're after the first half? And what was going through your mind? Yeah, I'm looking at the bench. I'm saying bring a Wobie on. Maybe Vinicius, you know, get some excitement, get some dynamism off the bench and onto the pitch because we're not seeing it on the field. So I was urging Mark to make an early sub. To his credit, you know, he did that in around 15, 20 minutes after halftime, which is not always his first, you know, inkling to do. He's, he's always loath to make a quick switch, but he did. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking nervously, honestly, the longer it's nil-nil, the longer Luton's dangerous in the counter, I just have, you know, always fears of a, a late winner and, and seeing the away end just erupt. And that, that's, that's what I was wanting. I was like, we need to make a sub. And God, if we lose 1-0 in a smash and grab, I'll be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about you, uh, Giannis? What were your halftime thoughts? Uh, well, it was, a, it was a dreadful first half. And um, uh, I, I thought, you know, you saw what happened yesterday with Liverpool and, and, and Wolves where Wolves went in one nothing at the half and Klopp lost his, his, his not, you know, his, he lost his tempo and he brought Alexis McAllister off and you can go, oh, Jesus, this is, this is a guy that's won the World Cup. But you've got to make the difficult decisions. I don't think he was quite there yet, but he was clearly frustrated. The subs when they came on the, were the right subs for the right time. And it will be, it was little, it was, it was like a blood transfusion. And Vinicius coming on seemed to, as I said, it woke up the fellow Brazilians, which was great. Um, and, you know, as a coach, you'll notice that. It, it, it did have an impact. It really did. So, you know, playing to what Max said earlier about, you know, Vinicius starting next, that would be a, a reason why. Look, is this going to get William going? Right. You know, does this really get Pereira going with Vinicius? You know, it's the br- brothers in arms and brotherhood and all that s- stuff. But... Um, we needed to make it, give it an hour, 15 minutes, and then make changes because Luton would have gone into halftime much the happier team and go, well, we can make a point here. And if we're lucky, we might go back and get three, in which case I'd have been very sad. Um, but <laughs> luckily we got the goal because two weeks ago we lost to City and I thought we were very unlucky given the circumstances. And, um, you know, it's... It, um, we can't play that well against a team as good as City and then come up against a Luton and just be flat. So I was glad when you made the subs that you did and, and we got the result. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I just want to share some comments that we're getting. And one is from Stefan, and he says, bottom line, guys, we're a mid-place team last year, and we're a mid-place team this year. That's my point. It didn't have to be this way because I think if they invested more in quality beyond good players and got great players, maybe things would be a little bit different. Ben Lawrence said, what did we spend the Metro money on, Steve? I still see $50 million in our bank. Well, I don't know if you look at it that way because they did spend some money on, say, Calvin Bassey. They brought in a Wobie. So they did spend some money, but I don't think they went above and beyond the Metro money. They spent a little bit above and beyond that, but I don't think they went where the, I think they should have. I think they should have spent, regardless of the Metro sale, Max, about $80 million pounds at least. That's what I was thinking that they were going to do. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. Yeah, but I we did spend, you know, 15 to 20 million players on three players, right? Castagna, Awobi, Bassi. We did. In the grand scheme of things, I think I would prefer that strategy, three, you know, decently expensive players over one massively expensive player. So I think that does better things to the squad. 
but you're right. We're, we're missing the marquee signing, and we didn't do that. There was uh, zero marquee and, signing. And, and, and Ross, back to what you're saying about Tony. I mean, pff, yeah. I've been saying this since years. I mean, come on. This is the 2018-19 season. This is the 2020-2021 season. I mean, in both of our previous relegation seasons, we were saying that, pleading with the club to give a dedicated person. This is anything new. We've been on this on this drum for a long I know. time. I know. Um, but we have let, – let, let, let's be fair here. They signed Harrison Reed to a long-term contract. They signed Paulina to a long-term contract. No matter what the mess that happened at transfer window, which was a mess, mainly because of it looked like we were playing catch-up instead of proactive, exactly. they did the right thing this week. And I don't know. I, I think it, our fan base has a tendency, as most fan bases do, to you know give the negative more than the positive when something's happening with transfers. And we have to be honest. It was amazing to see Reed and Paulina sign new deals. And we have of to give it the was. club credit for that. No, Max, I'm going to give Tony credit for that. I'm going to give the board credit for that. They deserve credit for that. But if I'm looking at everything as a whole, this is still a missed opportunity beyond that. They did yes. the right thing here. Absolutely. I agree. And I'll give Tony credit for those moves. Those were fantastic moves. Congratulations, Tony. You actually did two very good things this week. Excellent. But I have to look at it as a whole, Max. And I think it's really hard to be building a team when you are in charge of a wrestling organization and then you're trying to do this job. And, oh, by the way, helping out the Jacksonville Jaguars, I give the guy credit for trying to do all three, but Fulham need a dedicated person, and I think it shows up in situations like this, Max. I agree with that 100%. 100%. I'm not just speaking that at all. I, I, I think that it's honestly it, – I've said this before. I think it's a little insulting to the Fulham fan base that we don't have someone who puts his entire – their entire – attention to the club when that's what we do as fans. That's, that's the least we deserve as someone whose full-time job is it. Cause you know, as Fulham fans, this is our club. It's our and, club. And then the least someone can expect is someone who has the same type of attention. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You know, I've been very strong on that Russ for a long time. What right. I am saying though, is good on them for signing the contracts. Oh, because of, of course because that is important for the future too. I totally agree. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the second half and really analyze this and, Giannis, you and I have already talked about this, but to me, the turning point of the match, everything changes. Vinicius and Awobi come in, change the game. We also made other substitutions that I thought were good as well, but it really starts here. So why do you think everything changed when these two players came on, Giannis? Well, it was, it was weird, wasn't it? it was, I said before, it was, it was like it was a blood transfusion. All of a sudden, we looked invigorated when Vinicius came on. Uh, William and Pereira, and um, it was, you know, it didn't take long for us to get the goal, although, uh, you know, Luke, it was a, I mean, Luton fans have every right to be annoyed at Kaminsky, like, what's he doing there? It looks like he's even misread the, he's misread the cross, and, but but to be fair to, to Vinicius, he was right there, Johnny on the spot, smashes at home, and that's all it took, half, half a chance. Um it just gave us a little bit of it gave us a little bit of life when we were looking a little bit flat and we ran out of ideas. And um, Luke to me looked more and more comfortable before the subs that they were going to get a draw. And then once we score, then now they've got to go to Plan B, which is really what they should have done in the first place because they might have given us a lot more of a game if they did because their subs I thought played well, including my old friend Corley Woodrow. Corley Woodrow, yeah, yeah, but it. Um, it, was, it was the right subs at the right time and, uh, and good for Marco for doing that. And um, 
it, it's an important win just just because you know you want to get points early and um, the teams you know bigger clubs are struggling below and Luton are not going to be easy to break down at times I've watched a couple of their games this year and they'll bore you to death but they'll Edwards has set them up well so they, they'll get a couple of surprise results they're not as bad as that Derby side that got 10 points no we're absolutely close. not no we're Absol- close but they will uh, they're not going to set the you know the place ablaze but they will give teams some problems teams will get frustrated play, right. at home playing against them behind the ball so but the subs, yeah, the subs, the subs changed the flavour, and I think it just gave them a, a bit more impetus for the boys to step it up. I guess I'm so delighted that he did bring the subs on, and we got the goal. Okay, before I go to Max, and I'll give Max the honours of talking about the goal. I want to go back to you, Giannis, and I listened to the comments. Actually, watched the comments of Edwards after the match, and he was complaining that they deserved the penalty. Giannis. Did they deserve a penalty? This was the incident in the box with Harrison Reed and I believe Carlton Morris. Did they deserve a penalty? Uh, we, um, I think it's 50-50. I don't know if, how many games you got a chance to watch yesterday, but there were some, some again, pretty bad, poor decisions. We've been on the receiving end of it. Um, I think it was a pick Um But, hey, it, it, I almost feel like with VAR, we all have to go through the... We all have to go through this mill where we, we're in the receiving end. If you if you get a chance to watch the Palace Villa game yesterday, I haven't seen it yet. The I second goal, the penalty. I've in, heard. In, like, uh, on what planet is that given a penalty? The 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 player has gone into the challenge and he's gone and he's got the ball first, and you can see he's got the ball first before the body, but they're giving it a penalty. Um, I'm of the mindset now that you should just get rid of VAR. It's just ruining it. It's becoming every week we're talking about this, and coaches like Edwards and Silver's had his uh, obviously lots of reasons. All the coaches are moaning that they're not even getting making the right calls, and then you had Howard Howard Webb making calls to, to clubs after apologising for VAR non calls. I mean, it's, it's gruesome. It's really gruesome, and it's uh, yeah. what's his name? Paul Hagenbottom yesterday went on an absolute rant against the refs. After the Tottenham game, well, how was it? Absolutely. 17 minutes of injury time? Like, what is this? 17 minutes of injury time? Come on. I thought there'd been, you know, I thought there'd been a, a critical incident there, or a major incident, or a life or death, whatever. Not, not Where are you getting 17 minutes from? So, I, I don't want it. To, in that state, I think Silver would have been upset. I think it was a pick em. Yeah. Um, but then again, there's no guarantee. Oh, actually, it is a guarantee he might have scored. It's Leno and Nett, he's not great. Not is he? <laughs> but um, again, he has to do that for public posture, right? For his team, they've lost sure. one nothing, and he's upset and da da da. So anyway, we don't have to see them for a while, thank God. No, we don't. Thankfully, over to you, Max. I'm going to give you the honors. Goal by Vinicius. Let's talk about the match winner for fall. Credit to William for putting a ball in the area. That's what we need: dangerous balls in the area. There's a lot of luck in this, let's be honest, guys. I mean, Kaminsky puts it on a plate. I was watching this back yesterday, and it's hilarious. He couldn't have put it more perfectly for Vanessa if he tried to. He cushioned it with his glove on the ground, no bouncing. It's almost stood still by the time Vinicius gets onto it. Uh, But credit to Vinicius, because to be a striker, you have to be in the area. You have to want it. You have to sniff out the danger. You have to expect the best thing to happen. You have to be anticipating those kind of situations, and that's what he did. 
And you know, the finish was into the empty net, but you know, he's on the spot and that's what you want from your striker. And I was happy for him. As Yana said, he almost destroyed the advertising hoarding. That, that's an angry man scoring yeah. the goal. And that's what we want. We want competition for places in a situation where you never really felt like Vinicius would supplant Mitro right. when Mitro right. was fit. But there's a situation here where Vinicius feels, listen, I can be the number nine if Jimenez continues his form. And I think that's the fiery passion we saw from Vinicius yesterday. We love that. It was only a couple minutes after coming on. That's not easy to do. Um, and and that's that's the match winner right there. So delighted for him because, you know, we signed him, what, season or two ago. We knew he was going to play second fiddle to Mitro. Mitro gets injured or gets red carded. He's the guy. And then what happens this summer when Mitro leaves, we bring in another striker. And as a confidence for a striker whose game's all about confidence, that must have really weighed on him. So I bet Vinicius might have been thinking, this is my chance. Maybe they'll believe in me now. And we said, yeah, let's get Jimenez in. And who knows? You know, he keeps working hard, keeps scoring. I don't think there's a reason that he shouldn't be thinking he can be the guy. And that's what you want. As I said, competition for places. Okay, very yeah. good. All, all right, guys. Let's finish up with man of the match. Coming up next, the three of us will share who was our man of the match. If you're watching live, feel free to share who was your man of the match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, guys, let's finish up. This has been a great show. Dealt with some technical difficulties, but Max, we've gotten through it. The two of us, we've gotten through it. But let's finish with man of the match. I'll go to you first. Who was your man of the match? Um, For me, it has to be Vinicius. You know, you score the goal that wins the match. All credit to you. Simple as that. Okay. Giannis? Uh, I think it's Castagna. I, I, I just wow. thought, yeah, I thought for his first, his, his first performance and he's playing out of position. I don't think he really put a foot wrong. I mean, Vinicius did us a lot of credit. You know, he's put the ball away. Polinia had a very good game. But I think Castagna showed um, why Marco really wanted him. Um, I mean, he and Iwobi showed very well yesterday. So this, this is really good. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I I was impressed with his position. I mean, his, his performance. Of course, the only problem is going to be when everybody's fit. Where does he fit into that lineup? Because he doesn't go in at right back, um, and he doesn't go in at left back. No, he doesn't. Uh, um, and is that um, is that going to be good enough? We're going to say we'll we'll see. But I mean, for his first performance, he. Um, I thought he was very, very solid. And, um, you know, it can't be easy going to a new team and, and you know, new colors and all that. So I'll give it to Castagna. Okay, excellent. I want to share this from uh, our friend Stefan. He gives it to 
Carlos Vinicius, I am also going to give it to Carlos Vinicius because he made an impact, and that's what you want. It's not just about the goal. It's about his hold-up play, and I think he really changed the game along with Alex Iwobi, but I think it's Vinicius. I'm going to go Vinicius, but it's a good shout, Giannis, for Castagna, and it's a good problem to have when you have different fullbacks that, hey, he might not be starting, but the fact that we have someone that can fit in in both positions. Remember, we had Cedric Soares and that other player from PSG who did nothing for us. So it's good that you know you can count on Castagna, but I'm going with Carlos Vinicius. Kazawa. Kazawa. Kazawa, exactly. Kazawa. Could we go to worst of the match being the uh, Luton Town supporters? Can we do that? What a bunch of bellends. You've, you've got I mean, no. I mean, this is this is this is about humanity. It's it's a everybody knows Mohamed Al Fayed and what he did for our little club. And all it requires is you shut the hell up for one minute and let us, let us observe this, the minute silence. The way that the Luton fans and the Fulham fans observe the one minute's applause for the victims of what's been going on in Libya and Morocco. All they need and and during that minute, all you could hear was like, really, are you that classless? I mean. Just really disappointing. I, I, I did expect better, but um, the good thing is they would have been singing songs about fighting Watford on Boxing Day on the way home so they can have their own little battles. I think they could learn a lesson, really, um, because um, it's not just about current, it's about past history and heritage and legacy. And Moal Fayed was a huge part of our history. And I Absolutely think you should, have, you should have that respect for other teams other teams, legends, doing what our fans do when we go away from home. So um, it was disappointing to, to see him here. I'll give you an example of supporters that came to Craven Cudge that were extremely classy, and that was Blackpool. Blackpool were, mm. after the unfortunate death we had in the stands, they were actually very good, and they've actually embraced Claire's family after Dublin, yeah. Paul yeah. Parrish unfortunately passed away and uh, I thought they were extremely classy. So I'm not trying to point them out. I want to give Luton town a lot of credit for what they've done and they support their club. But if you're coming to Craven cottage, I think you should have a little respect for Fulham and uh, Muhammad Al-Fayed. That's my only point, Giannis. No, you're actually right. And I think with the Blackpool fans, they, they found out they, they assessed pretty quickly that this was a grave situation happening in the stands and um, yeah. the fact that the extended break of the of the the game meant that there was something very serious going on and you needed to respect that because nobody wants to see that regardless of what club you come from. No. And I thought Blackpool were very, very classy, classy that day. And, they were. Um, they absolutely were. We That's why... We remember it. Right. That's why I wanted to bring them up. I know I'm talking about Ludentown. And uh, again, I just want to mention Blackpool because I know how much it has meant to my friend Claire, our friend Claire, who mm -hmm. has told me time and time again how much they embraced her and her daughter and her family. So that's the way to do it. That's the way to react. They showed humanity. And I uh, just want to mention that. And we'll just end on that. Max, over to you. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, I think that agree with what you guys said. You know, just to have respect for people, opposing fans. It's it's a bare minimum to ask. Benjamin Bird in the comments says apparently apparently they didn't hear the the Tano and, and the acoustics report in the Putney end. I'm not sure if that's I didn't I didn't hear it. I wasn't there. I don't know what to say. But let's let's hope the best, right? Let's hope that 
that's maybe the better react, uh, explanation is that they didn't hear it. They didn't mean to be offensive. But I do remember I, the way match I went to at Luton Town Boxing Day uh, three or four years ago. That They were getting into a full – we were right by the section of Luton Town fans, and they might have been one of the more aggressive home support, just constantly egging us on. Um, so not sure not sure if that's just a Luton supporter kind of thing. They but, get to yeah. Luton. Have you been to Luton, Matt? Yeah, I, I, I was there. It was, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the worst. Yeah. It's one of the most depressing towns in England. Um, you have the airport. That's about it. You maybe had more industry. The Hatters oh. a couple of generations ago. It's all gone. It's very oh. depressing. To be honest. It's 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 just it's it, yeah. I mean, they have to go back. They have to live there for crying out loud. And you know, bless their cotton socks that they got. You know, their hats that they got promoted and da da da. But um, you know, the team in orange from Blackpool taught the team in orange from Luton a lesson in, t- in the way that you act with decorum. And uh, uh, if it was if it was a problem with the tannoy, then fine. Uh, maybe have a bit of difficulty with that. But um, you know, it doesn't look good on any club when they when they do that because I know our fans would wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Let's wrap this up. For Yanis and Matt Cohen, I must go and thank you as always for watching and listening to College Talk, part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.